Happy holidays, everyone. You're listening to Deck the Hallmark Podcast. My name is Maggie, and I'm recapping every new original Hallmark movie airing on the Hallmark Channel until Christmas Day. Today I'm talking about Miss Christmas and Christmas Festival Ice, which aired on November 4th and 5th, 2017. I'm reviewing these movies from a queer, fat, feminist point of view, which is not the target demographic for these movies, but here I am, here you are, here we go. So I'm back with episode, I guess, two of this podcast. I don't know if anyone's listening, but I'm enjoying making them. Now it's kind of a little challenge I have for myself, and I'm having a fun time. Uh, so today, first, I'm going to talk about Christmas Festival of Ice, which aired on Saturday. So this is not the only movie about ice sculptures or ice sculpture competitions on the Hallmark Channel. You think you'd only need one, but apparently they needed to make more. Out of the two movies, this was my lesser favorite, and this might be one of the least favorite ones I've probably ever watched, which is sad, but man, it just really wasn't good. Um, First of all, I noticed that all of these Hallmark movies have the same opening credit font, and I looked it up, and I'm pretty confident it's a font that's like installed in Word, like already on the computer, called Monotype Corsiva, Um, just a fun fact for you guys. and I just think it's so funny that they put, I mean, I know they make a ton of these movies, but, you know, they put a lot of production value into the sets and everything. But then it's like they can't even do like a fan. It's literally like white letters in this script font with probably a drop shadow. Anyway, so that's funny. So this is Christ- Christmas Festival of Ice. Um, and we open up on two thin white women. One has dark hair. One has very, very red hair. Um, and we learn that the main character, Emma, is going to law school. She likes to ice sculpt with her dad. Um, and that's kind of what we learn about her. She has a long bob, like a lob modern woman haircut. And um, she noticed that the ice festival, which happens every year, isn't set up yet. And then we have some overhead drone footage, which I thought was cool. Um, And not, you don't get a lot of that in Hallmark movies. So that was interesting. I'm very interested in drones. So I like that they're utilizing drones to their advantage. To progress the story, she meets a white man with Ken hair, like the doll Ken, and a shiny smooth face. (laughs) I think wherever they're shooting this is actually cold because you can actually see, like, their breath a lot. Um, and they kind of know each other sort of vaguely because they grew up in the same town. And he gives her a candy cane. Um, so then, you know, keep going. Uh, and she finds out that the ice festival has been canceled because um, there just wasn't enough money in, like, the town budget. Which I'm sure is also a plot point in many other Hallmark movies. And she finds out it's going to cost $20,000 to do the whole ice festival. And she kind of convinces the guy who's in charge of it that if she can get $15,000 gathered by Christmas Eve, they can have the ice festival. Unlike the last movie, the woman in this movie seems to have a few solid steady coats. um, So that's more realistic. And I'm happy about this. Um, And she and the guy in this have such incredibly defined cheekbones. I would recommend viewing it purely to see how defined these cheekbones are. So we find out that the handsome guy, I don't even know if I ever write his name down. 
I really was not into this movie. Um, he runs the tree sale lot with his like best friend and he had a bad breakup Christmases before. Um, but he says that his brother sculpts ice sculptures and he's like, doesn't like people that much. And like Emma really wants to meet him, but he's like, no, he doesn't really like people. It's whatever. Um, I have some questions about where Emma lives. She seems to live at home and she actually seems to work for her mother. And I don't know how old she is. And um, I just have some questions about that. She is like waiting for the results from her bar exam. So I guess she must be in her like late 20s, mid to late 20s. I don't know. Um, but I didn't know that her boss was her mom until the end of the movie. Because <laughs> that's not very clear to me. Um a lot of the story is moved along by phone calls with her best friend with red hair. Um, and I think that's an interesting way to keep things going. To like state like this happened and now I'm doing this. And then she goes and, and does this. Uh, so she goes and I don't even know how she finds this little like barn shack. And she thinks she found. Oh, Nick. Nick is the guy's name. She thinks that she's found Nick's brother who's a nice sculpturist. And we find out that Nick is, is actually his own brother. He just was lying about having a brother. He actually ice, sculpts ice himself. Um, but I really thought he had a twin for a second. But no, it is just him. Uh, the gayest part of this movie is every time that Emma has coffee with her redheaded best friend. Um, and they also get up and jump up and down and hug each other. This movie really wasn't that gay, disappointingly. So she starts some kind of like fake GoFundMe campaign and... Nick gave her the name of this, like, guy that might help her out. And there's this unknown donor who gives them, like, all the money and time. Um, and the ice sculpture contest is back on. And then they carve together. And she was supposed to ice sculpt with her dad. But then the dad backed out. Um, and the competition is three days long, which is, like, so long. And uh, this movie just really wasn't that great. <laughs> we find out she passed the bar exam. Um, but then she tells her parents she doesn't actually want to be a lawyer. And we found out that her mom was actually the anonymous donor who um, made it, made the donation so that the ice sculpture contest could happen. Um, and then the Nick says, Emma, you are my Christmas wish. And then they win the ice sculpture contest. And that's all I have for this one because it really was not a good movie. So I can't recommend it. <laughs> the other ice sculpture movie is much better. I would recommend the other ice sculpture movie. So the second movie I'm talking about and the one that I liked a lot more is called Miss Christmas. And it's about this woman who is the person who picks out the Christmas tree for this place in Chicago that I think might be real um, and I haven't looked it up yet but I think it's real. It's kind of like the Rockefeller tree but in Chicago essentially and she's on TV I guess in an interview saying that she needs to find it. She's looking for like a, a tree whatever and then she gets a letter in the mail from this little boy named Joey who saw her on TV and she goes by Miss Christmas. Um, that's just kind of the name that she got from having her job and um, he says that we have the best Christmas tree at my dad's Christmas tree farm or like on our farm or something. And you should come get it. And he includes a picture. And it's like this really tall, gorgeous Christmas tree. This movie has a lot of like upbeat Christmas pop songs that I have never heard of. And I'm wondering who they're by. Can I get them on CD? Are they on Spotify? 
have many questions. So she goes to the town to find a little boy named Joey. Um, this character is a thin, white, blonde woman, and she wears a lot of red coats um, and is just, you know, classic woman with long, slightly bouncy blonde hair. So she just kind of walks into the town to this, like, Christmas festival startup, and we meet our main lead in the movie. His name is Sam, and he is better known as his role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, as Riley. I would say that he has aged very well. He looks pretty good in this movie, but soon we find out that Sam is just not a holiday person. He is kind of grinchy. He's just not into holidays. Um, but as I said, he really aged well. He's kind of rugged and old, and I think this was a good interact, uh, you know, a good role for him. I think he looks good. I'm happy for him that he's still getting work, even if it's in a Hallmark movie. So they have this kind of interesting banter of like, oh, I don't like Christmas. She's like, you can't, you have to like Christmas. What? Um, we find out that her name is Holly, which is funny because of like Holly, Christmas, Holly. Um, and oh, the Radcliffe Center is where she is supposed to be getting this, this tree uh, to put up in the Radcliffe Center. So then she checks into the inn and she asks the person who's like at the front desk, like, do you know who this Joey kid is? And she's like, oh my God, that's my nephew. Let's go to our family farm. Uh, so this is a magical world that we do not live in, folks. This is, this is departing from reality now. <laughs> so you can guess that Sam, her brother, is going to be uh, the guy that we bumped into at the beginning. Um, and again, very cute. I really did like him. I didn't like his character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Those are kind of lost years um, for Buffy, but he is a very cute guy. Um, and he doesn't look like he's made of wax. And that's an important thing to look in a for a in a man, is to be not made of wax. Oh, there's more pop Christmas songs no one's ever heard of, and I really do wonder if I can get them in a ringtone. Holly's phone goes off, and it's always like a Christmas ringtone, which I'm like, where can I get more Christmas ringtones? This episode of Deck the Hallmark Podcast is brought to you by Christmas Pop Hits Volume 4. You've never heard Christmas like this. This album features over 20 pop hits like Kiss Me at Christmas, Super Fun Happy Holiday, Jingle Jingle Bells Bells, and Play Ride Rodeo. Use the code DECKTHEHALLMARK at checkout and receive five specialty ringtones to keep your Christmas spirit ringing all season long. Sam is in like a bunch of different vests, very like plain colored, different colored, plain vests throughout this movie. And uh, I thought that they looked good. I thought that it was pretty good. Uh, gayest moment in this movie would be Holly in a white dress, a bright red coat, and then because she's a farm girl, because she grew up on a tree farm at heart, um, she always keeps a pair of sensible shoes in her car, so she has on the white dress, a bright red coat, and then these, like, chunky snow boots <laughs> with no tights, and this is the gayest moment of this movie. Finally, we meet Joey, who's this, like, super cute kid, um, and Sam says that Holly cannot have this tree. And we find out that his parents had carved their initials in the tree long ago, and his mom recently died. Um, so, yeah. And his wife, I think, is divorced. Yeah, they're divorced. So he's divorced. 
So not only is his mom dead, but Holly's mom died when she was very young. And then while she was in college, her dad got sick and died. So that's like a lot of parent death. So everyone is on board with Holly having the big tree except for Sam. Uh, Sam's dad is this kind of cool old guy and um, his sister is also pretty cool. But then they're all like everyone's on board with the tree except for Sam. Uh, So the goal of her still being there is essentially to get him to agree to let her have the tree so she can arrange for it to be picked up, transported, decorated, etc. They do a lot of fun Christmas things. Um, They make Christmas cookies. They cut down their own tree and decorate it. Their hair all looks amazing. Um, There is mistletoe and they almost kiss, but then Joey calls for his dad. So they don't kiss. Um, But I really wanted them to kiss. And I think that that is the true test of whether people have chemistry on screen is if when they go in for the kiss, you like want it to happen really badly. And I really actually wanted it to happen pretty badly in this moment. They have ugly sweaters, which they wear to the Christmas festival, which I really want to go to a Christmas festival this year. If there are any DC Christmas festivals that you know of, please tweet me because I'd like to know. And once again, she's not wearing tights, or at least she's wearing, like, sheer stockings. I don't think women wear those anymore. So it just looks like she's not wearing tights. Um, And Sam tells her that he wants to give her the tree in a really quite emotional little monologue. And I think he acted really well. I think he's a really good actor, and I think he played the scene really well. There's a little bit of crying, just kind of, like, frustrated sadness and um, yeah I thought he did well and it didn't feel like too dramatic or like overdone and then there's like some slow dancing to Christmas music and snow is falling but I think it's fake snow I think it's supposed to be fake snow Um, and then the next day when the people are coming to pick up the tree which he agreed to let them have he overhears her talking on the phone her co-worker who and she's telling her essentially like I really love this place I didn't expect to fall in love with it I'm gonna leave Chicago come here And, of course, the part that Sam overhears is her saying, like, I'm doing what I said I was going to do. I'm going to get the tree and leave. But she was saying that she was going to leave um, Chicago, not wherever this small town is that I forget the name of. (laughs) So he gets really, really mad and storms off and, like, starts driving his truck really fast. And she's like, where are you going? And he's like, I knew it you and she's like what are you talking about and he's like I ever heard you and then she's like you didn't you heard the wrong and he's like whatever and then they the people who come to get the tree pull up and she's like never mind go to the backup this was she <laughs> the reason the way she said the tree was like she's like this isn't our tree it never was which is that is a little dramatic and over the top um and this hearing the wrong part of the conversation trope is just like it's kind of overdone and I'm like if you would have talked for like two minutes you probably could have talked it out but you know whatever so she does tell him like you know what I was actually gonna move here but never mind so then they cut to her like in Chicago and she's really sad and she's not feeling Christmassy and she's like whatever whatever and her co-worker tries to help her out and like raise her spirits And that's all fine. Um, I had an epiphany that this movie, the plot, 
hinges on Christmas cards. Christmas cards, a Christmas card gets her to go to this little town, and then when she is upset at this point in the movie, a Christmas card gets her to go back. So maybe I just love Christmas cards and their importance in the plot of Hallmark movies. I don't know. So at the end of the movie, essentially, they don't cut down the tree for his mom. They bring all of the decorations from the center where the other tree is, and they light the tree and decorate the tree without cutting it down. And I'll tell you what, I definitely cried at this movie. Um, the Oh, I have a note that the town is called Claus, like K-L-A-U-S, like Klaus, Santa Claus. Um, this movie made me cry. So, like, it's the first Christmas tree lighting, and he talks about in his monologue how um, his mom made everyone happy and, like, the Christmas season was really important to her and she brought everyone together. And the reason he wanted people to use this tree as a tree was so that people would gather and just be with each other and feel each other's love. Um, and it was just a really emotional movie and it was like a, going to be a tradition in their little town now, part of the Christmas festival. And he carved, um, Sam carved salmon, Holly's name on like a, a different tree or the same tree. And then they kiss and then I cried more. And then there's more pop music that no one has heard of. <laughs> But I really liked this movie. I was invested in this movie. I thought the acting was good. I thought the plot was sort of believable. I liked that it wasn't about um, finding love. A lot of these movies hinge on the woman like being really desperate for love. Um, it's like they're either desperate for love or they have to choose a man over their career. And that's kind of the two options in these movies. Um... This movie wasn't so much about either of them too much. She wasn't looking for a man, but she liked Sam. And she, you know, didn't have to choose between her career and a man because she realized that she didn't really want to do what she was doing. She wanted to have a tree farm. And that was kind of her her dream now. So I like that too. I don't know. A lot of these movies involve women making career changes. I'm not sure how to feel about that. Um, still processing, I guess. But this movie overall I thought was cute. I thought it was nice. And yeah, I just really like ones that focus on family. And a lot of dead parents, apparently. That seems to get to me. Anyway, thank you for listening for this episode of Tech the Hallmark Podcast. You can find me online um, on Twitter and Instagram at Maggie McGill's. It's like my whole name with an S at the end. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud because that's the two places where it exists. So thanks so much for listening and I will see you next time when we discuss The Sweetest Christmas and Enchanted Christmas. See you then.